Well, hello everyone. This is Mark Tinsley, and you are joining me on The Message, which is a ministry of inquiry for today. Today's message I've entitled, Being of Christ's Mind, or Being of the Mind of Christ. You know, during this Lenten season, we know that Lent is a time of preparation as we move towards Easter and Holy Week is that final push. And right now, as I record this, we're moving into Holy Week. And this is a time when we reflect on what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. When we remember his death to atone for sin, his burial to fulfill prophecy, and his resurrection to conquer sin and death for all time. Lent is a time when we as God's people and his children look introspectively at our own lives and ask, how can I act out in my faith better? How can I be all that God would have me to be? How can I model my life after Christ? Well, this morning I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, and we're going to talk about this question of how do I model my life after Christ? How do I become of Christ's mind? Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see, I think Paul had this question in his mind as he penned his letter to the believers at Philippi. He had that question, how do I become of the mind of Christ? And I believe this because the first verse in our passage, verse 5 this morning, lays all the cards on the table. Without guile or complexity or without confusion, Paul exhorts his fellow believers with these words, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Be of the same mind as your Lord and Savior, Paul says. Be like him. Think like him. Have his perspective on things. Model your life after his. So today, I simply want to consider how Paul instructs us to do this in verses 6 through 11, the remainder of this passage. If we're going to be of the same mind of Christ, then what do we need to do? Well, first of all, Paul says we must be humble and know our place with respect to the Father. In verse 6, Paul says, Who, Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. And then he continues in the first part of verse 8, And being found in human form, he humbled himself. Jesus knew who he was and who he was not in the presence of the Father. Now, in our lives, we, we often live with these inflated egos, don't we? We want to be on top of the world. We want to be famous. We want to be liked by people. We want to be thought of as smart and talented. We want to be the leader in our professional endeavors, don't we? We don't want to be followers. We, we want to be the one in charge. However, the life of Christ 
is not like this. The life of Christ is one of humility. It's one that wears a crown of thorns. It's one that is spat upon and doesn't retaliate. It's one that drags its own cross through the dusty streets. And the mind of Christ is one that sees itself as subservient to the Father. It's one that deflates its own ego. It's one that embraces the role of follower. You know, we can be leaders and we should want to be leaders in certain times and certain places in our lives. But we've also got to be first followers. The life of Christ is one that knows that the bottom is the way to the top and that fame and reputation are fleeting. Brothers and sisters, if we are to be of the same mind of Christ then we must flee the mindset of this world. We must reject the worldly wisdom of our day. The wisdom of today says, climb to the top, make a way for yourself, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, do whatever it takes to get what you want. But the wisdom of Christ counters this and says, do not suffer your own pride and do not live a self-absorbed life. Rather, consider who you are in the presence of God Know that you are nothing without God. Let God lead you and then accept the life that he leads you into. Do you believe that today? That the humble life is the way to be of the same mind of Christ? You know, the old saying that pride or arrogance comes before a fall, it's so true, isn't it? We've seen in our history, the history of the United States here, the history of America, we've seen so many televangelists fall from grace. And we ask, well, why do they do it? Well, because God doesn't bless the haughty. He doesn't bless the prideful. Indeed, Scripture tells us that he blesses the meek and the humble. And we don't have to look very far for biblical examples either, do we? The disciples were not the leaders of their day. They weren't men of renown. No, the disciples were regular people. They were fishermen in many cases. Moses was a man who wasn't an eloquent speaker. Scripture tells us Paul was a former persecutor of Christians. Noah was a nobody. And the list goes on and on. But in each case, these people became somebody and did the great work of God because of their humble condition. Folks, if we want to be of the same mind of Christ, we first got to be humble. Secondly, we are of the same mind of Christ when we live self-sacrificially Paul says in verse 7 but Jesus emptied himself taking the form of a slave being born in human likeness now I've talked before about this word slave coming from the Greek doulos which means someone who serves the will of another and is completely obedient to another I've countered it and uh, countered it with this Greek word uh, diakonos which is, is another word that's translated a servant in the New Testament but Badakinus talks about serving on tables and is a much less powerful word than the word doulos, which means slave, someone who has to be obedient, someone that has to do the will of someone else. And I've again, I've talked about this before, but what I want to focus on today is not the word doulos, but the English word here translated emptied. Jesus emptied himself, the Bible says. This word comes from a Greek word, which means, according to Strong's Concordance and others, that Christ voluntarily made himself unequal to God. He sacrificed his own reputation in order to do what he had come to do, which we know during the season of Lent was to die on the cross for the sins of mankind. 
Jesus emptied himself of the complete form of God so that he could take on the frailty of human flesh and suffer death for you and for me. Theologians call this emptying the kenosis, and it's truly a springboard for our salvation. It's the launching pad for our eternity. Folks, without the kenosis, without the emptying, there would be no cross. We've got to understand that this morning. But we also have to understand that Jesus, as God, didn't have to die. He didn't have to empty himself. As the omnipotent creator of the universe, he had other options to deal with sin. First of all, he could have made us pay for it ourselves. That's the most logical thing to do. We made the problem. We brought sin into the world, so we should take care of it. Secondly, he could have returned perfection to his people. He could have returned the Garden of Eden. He's God. He can do anything. Or third, he could have just walked away. That's what we call deism in theological circles, where God created, the idea where God created and then just walked away. Well, he could have just walked away. But of these three options, he didn't choose any of them. Instead, he chose to sacrifice himself as the paschal lamb, the perfect sacrifice under the Jewish sacrificial system. He chose to give himself as a ransom for sin, to offer his blood in atonement, and to do what only he could do, which was offer his righteousness up as our own. You know, as human beings, especially people here in the West, we we usually only sacrifice to the point of discomfort, don't we? And then we stop. When it gets uncomfortable, we turn around and go the other way. But Christ took on every ounce of discomfort for us. He sacrificed everything. His perfect life for you and for me. How are we doing in this regard? How are, how are we doing with our mindset towards sacrificial living? Well, if we want to be of the same mind of Christ, we've got to live a sacrificial life. Thirdly, we are of the same mind of Christ when we obey God. Verse 8 says, Christ humbled himself, as we've already said, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I love this verse from Philippians 2 because it reminds me of that scene in Matthew 26 where Jesus is found in the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's read a portion of that narrative from Matthew, starting in verse 36, Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther... He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. 
Folks, when I read this passage from Matthew 26, I think that this is an absolutely true incidence or instance rather of obedience. Jesus was tormented and in his human flesh, he did not want to go to the cross. Scripture is clear. But out of obedience to the Father, out of a sense of obligation to do what he had been sent to do, Jesus says, may your will be done, not mine. Can you fathom this kind of obedience? Do you and I have this kind of obedience? You know, it's easy to obey, isn't it, when we're comfortable and when things are going or when things will eventually go our way. But what about when things are uncomfortable? or not advantageous for us. It's not so easy, is it? Yet if we're going to be of the same mind as Christ, then we must covenant to obey him no matter what. You know, soldiers and Marines, they go through basic training and then they go through their uh, advanced training after that. And in both instances, they're taught And they learn to follow orders unconditionally because that's what must be done on the field of battle. In order to win, they can't hesitate on the hill. They can't falter during the advance. Warriors must be willing to do whatever is necessary when they're called upon to do it without question. And the same is true or should be true of our lives of faith in relation to God. We cannot hesitate. We cannot falter. We must push forward. We must advance at all costs. We must obey unconditionally. So how is your obedience today? Are you obedient or are you doing things your way? If we are to be like Christ, then we must first obey like Christ. Now finally, If we are to be of the same mind of Christ, then we must glorify God. Look at verses 9 through 11. I'll read those again briefly. Therefore, God also exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, there's no doubt that God highly exalted Jesus. Scripture right here in this passage tells us this. And we think about Jesus and his life and his ministry. I mean, Jesus led a sinless life. Obviously, he was exalted. Uh, He spoke truth to the Pharisees and Sadducees. I mean, to do it the way he did it and with the power that he did it, he was certainly exalted. When the dove descended on Jesus... And God said that he was well pleased with his son. That showed that he was exalted by God. And when Jesus spoke, it is said in Scripture that he spoke with authority. And if we fast forward to the end of the story, we see that Jesus resurrects from the dead and ascends into heaven. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us to sit at the right hand of God the Father. Yes, folks, Jesus is exalted. But what I want you to notice in this passage, verses 9 through 11, we just read, is that this exaltation is not done to bring glory to Jesus. But it's done to bring glory to God the Father. You know, we can do great things for God. Many Christians have done extraordinary things for God. Indeed, we should want to do great things for God. But if we're doing them for our own glory, 
then we're wrong. There is right and wrong. And if we're doing things for our own glory, then we are decidedly wrong. And if we're trying to garner praise, place, and prestige for ourselves, then we're wrong. If we're trying to make a name for ourselves, then we are wrong. We are right only when we do our work, the work of the Lord for the Lord. And we are right only when we seek his glory, not our own. I've used a mantra before that, that, that I say, and it's not original to me, I don't think, but it's not me, but he. And this applies here. If we are to have the mind of Christ, then we have to put aside our own desires for glory and seek first the glory of God. Not me, but he. I want you to say that. Say it. Not me, but he. How are you doing in this regard? Are you seeking your own glory or are you seeking God's? Because if we want to be of the same mind of Christ, then we've got to be concerned with first the glory of God. So that's it. We've talked about four things today. We've asked four different questions today, and they're this. Are we humble? Are we self-sacrificial? Are we obedient and are we focused on God's glory? If we can answer yes to these four questions, then we're living and acting and thinking like Christ. We're good. If not, however, if even if we miss just one of these, even if we answered no just to one of those questions, then we're not living with the mind of Christ. And of course, living with the mind of Christ is difficult to do. But when we're in relationship with Christ, when we're in fellowship with him through Bible study and prayer and fellowship uh, through the body of Christ, the church, then we can make it work. We can do these things, but we've got to be in communion with God through his word, through prayer, and through the church. We've also got to remember that we're going to mess up on these things. That sometimes we're not going to get it right. Sometimes we're not going to be humble. Sometimes we're not going to be sacrificial. Sometimes we're not going to be obedient. And sometimes we're going to seek our own glory. But when we do those things, God's word tells us that if we repent of our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. So maybe you look down through the list of questions and you go, I'm good on two, but the other two, I'm not so good on. That's fine. Repent and move on through the power of the Holy Spirit. Move on. We don't have to rest in guilt. We don't have to rest in shame. We don't have to rest in the past because we've got forgiveness on our side. We have repentance on our side and we have the future and the power of the Holy Spirit on our side. Folks, you don't have to rest in your sin. You don't have to rest in the mind of the world. You can live in the mind of Christ. You can be humble and self-sacrificial and obedient, and you can bring glory to God through the power of the Holy Spirit and repentance. And I trust that you will do that today. As we move towards Easter, let's covenant together to do that, and let's be all that Christ would have us to be. Thank you so much, and God bless.